Katie Pickens and I'm here with Mark Sayers and we are starting a podcast that speaks directly into what's going on at the moment, uh, rebuilders leading through crisis. So Mark, we already have rebuilders. Uh, Why are we taking a bit of a different approach right now? Well, I think we originally had some plans to kick off rebuilders again. We did the Living Temple, um, we went back to rebuilders and we had some plans to, you know, talk about a bunch of stuff, equipping people today, but yeah. just like everything's accelerated, I think, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think, you know, I realised very quickly how people are looking for guidance. And, you know, I've been inundated. Um, text messages, Instagram messages, Twitter messages, emails um, with people who are like, how do I lead through this? Um, some of those people all of a sudden found themselves in lockdown before they expected it. Other people... Uh, at that situation, you know, particularly in Australia, uh, in New Zealand, where you know you've got these limits of five or one hundred people, do we shut our church down? Other people have got questions like, how do I um, lead people well? Um, particularly, just been aware that a lot of the people reaching out are younger leaders um, who have never lived through this um, or faced anything like this, and how do you respond at this moment? Um, I mean, going back a little bit, it's really interesting. Um, I guess my big subject of study, I felt God, you know, had me on for the last six months. You know, we've done so much work, obviously, on post-Christian culture and the West. And, you know, a lot of stuff we've done through these cultural moments focused on that. I think that's really what, you know, um, Disappearing Church, my book, was about. Um, in Strange Days, probably started pushing more into, like, what's happening in the world and particularly the effects of globalization. And then, um, you know, talked about in Reappearing Church, this sense that um, we're pushing into some kind of renewal, <laughs> And that crisis leads us into renewal. And some of the ways I pitched that in that book was really about the individual crises that contemporary culture was bringing people into. Their sort of, I call it, you know, ambient anxiety that people feel. Um, and then after that, what I was sort of was, you know, looking at perhaps for another book was really, um, and we talked about this in the cultural moments that we put out recently, that the world is now a global system. And I guess my my bet, and we'll probably do more on this in the future, but uh, on this podcast, my bet was that actually what was going to happen was um, the global network was going to disrupt the West and disrupt political systems in the West, disrupt the West, and we'll do more on that um, in the days to come. Um, But then, um, you know, I began to see online a number of people who I follow early on, not necessarily believers, but people just like a great global thinkers start to see this quite early on so I had a real eye on this uh, Daniel our intrepid sound man who's with us as always welcome back Daniel and has done the thing for the people and the nation of following the advice of shaving off his beard which is next level yeah, um, so the so intrepid sound man is back but he looks like a different man he looks young he, he he has no beard so we're quite freaking out here but it's new days it's a new system of operating um so so, um uh i said to daniel a number of weeks ago like i don't know six weeks or something ago hey we need to just prepare let's just me and daniel we're just having these chats like what would it look like if we went completely i went to uh, malaysia four or five weeks ago Mm. and that's when i was just kicking off and i had this moment where i flew into kl and there was the airport there and i think in australia it was still like Ah, you know, whatever. People, I think, almost saw it as this Asian thing. It was interesting from here, like Box Hill, which is very Asian, uh, Chinese particularly area, just all of a sudden went quiet. So you saw that. But then um, flying into KL Airport, I remember getting on the air train and 
I'm not, I'm not going to wear a mask, you know. And I got on this air train packed with people. Every person bar me was wearing a mask. And then people started coughing. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I'm literally trying to hold my breath as long as possible. And I think seeing how serious that churches in Asia were taking this and just massive shout out and hat tip to, I think, how Asian churches, um, particularly in places like Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Malaysia, um, have led on this, you know. Um, and I think there's a, a much more cultural awareness after the SARS, epi- you know, SARS virus, um, how to get ahead of this. Um, so, yeah, well done. And, you know, I was at, um, you know, HDBB in, in um, Kuala Lumpur and they were having people coming through cleaning it after every session. The, the delegation from China, most of them were, you know, I think they all couldn't get into the country. Um, there were churches in Mongolia who already had been shut down. So I felt like, wow, this is, you got to really pay attention here. And, and I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit more in a sec, but I realized I had to, as I started to game this out in my head, I realized this is going to mean I have to think totally different about leadership. So I think that's what this podcast is about. The rules have changed. Like everything has changed. This is a new world now. Um, this is not going to be over in four weeks. We may see a downturn in infections in certain countries, but, um, uh, this is affecting not just the, the health of us, it's affecting the global system, it's affecting our cultures, it's a radical game changer and it's going to have huge implications for leadership in church. So we really want to just help you walk through that. I feel like God has prepared me in reading things. Um, I think a lot of us at Red feel God has been preparing us for some time. It's not like we're going to go out in a limb and say we had some super key vision that this exactly was going to happen. Uh, I started treating my wife last night like she's been in the prayer room for, 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 for months just like why have you got me here God why are you reading about isolation and wilderness and blooming in isolation and wilderness so our, our real goal I think for this is going to be leading people in this moment and equipping you because um, we I really really believe that God's going to do an incredible thing and he's going to grow a bunch of leaders and we're going to see an incredible blooming of leadership and authority in the church at this point in time Yeah, what an amazing time it is to be the people of God and to heed what God is calling us to. Uh, Yeah, so thank you for giving us that overview. Uh, Yesterday, we as a staff gathered, um, which we've been doing for a couple of weeks now, uh, in sort of this growing crisis uh, and discussed kind of the way forward. Uh, Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what we discussed yesterday? Yeah. What it sort of looked like? Yeah, and I think that's what well, this first one, I think we just keep on immediate responses. You know, I've had people, you know, writing in like, what's it mean for the cultural stuff? All that will come. Believe you me, there's plenty to talk about. And we could have a lot of spare time on a lot of people's hands as the phone rings. But uh, this is the new reality where normally we stop a, a podcast as the phone rings. But as We're recently. Not stop it today. No, recently I read a um, thing where. Uh, no, we, I think we all played the uh, little video that's been going around from one of the virologists from the World Health Organization who said, um, you know, uh, what did he say? Uh, perfection, speed, speed now beats perfection. Um, so we're not going to try and be perfect. Um, yesterday, yesterday I put a video up on Instagram just talk about, you know, St. Patrick and I think really encouraging the people of God. And the little banner thing was upside down. <laughs> And normally I'd be like, Liddy, how do I fix this? How do I get my head the right way up? I'm just like, who cares at the moment? And that's yeah. so many and people, so watch people that in the Northern Hemisphere could see you up the right way. Exactly, that's true. All right, we've got the phone. Okay, so yesterday we met as a team 
And I just want to say too, just particularly, I know for people who listen to this in the next 24 hours in Australia um, and New Zealand, and just this is for everyone, but just want to make a special announcement. I just really want to say, if you're in Australia, New Zealand, and you're not preparing for this now, I know a lot of my friends overseas, this was forced on them very quickly. So you've got time now, prepare. But the but the first thing that we, we sort of came out with a four stage response. And we just want to share this with people um, that if you're getting a leadership team together, you're getting a personal plan together uh, for this time, we came up with four key things. Yes. So, I mean, after we prayed together, obviously um, prayer is going to be a really massive part of um, pressing into what God's doing um, and being the hands and feet of Jesus in this time. Uh, so four steps. Do you want me to start with all of them or you want me to I just reckon go you just straight start into it? Just, just before you start, uh, Lydia, the first thing I was going to say is I would put this under short term. Like how I'm seeing this as well is you need to think short term, medium term, long term. Now, there's an element to be actually adaptive in this um, mm-hmm. And, and adapt sort of, is the first one. Adapt is the first adapt. one. Adapt is the first one. Talk us through it. So the first one is adapt. You need to adapt your vision of leadership and realize that you are now in a profoundly changed environment. What leadership yesterday looked like does not look like leadership looks like today. Um, and so the first thing I tried to do for my team was go like almost like this. This is this is the seriousness of this moment. All of the things that we're usually doing. A church is run on, we do Sunday services. We have four services at Red. We just keep running them. And we have metrics and we have ways of doing prayer and pastoral care and hospitality and welcoming new people, um, alpha programs, all of this stuff. Now, how we usually do them has radically changed. And what that means is that how you are thinking about the usual patterns that enable you to do ministry, they are now totally disrupted. So we realized that very quickly we had to adapt to get onto line. Um, so the first thing we did is we just basically went hard. We made the call on Friday. We went ahead of the Australian government's recommendations, and mm-hmm. I could talk more about that perhaps in the next one. But um, we realized we have to adapt our service, and it is a hard thing to do if you're used to that ongoing pattern. There will be a new pattern emerge for a period of time, but you need to get ahead of it now and adapt. I just want to just talk about um, something more that in terms of leadership. Peacetime leaders operate differently to wartime leaders. Now, the word that Macron used, um, that many leaders are using around the world, like we're now at war. I just heard the Danish queen, who has never given a public, uh, I think, speech in her life. Um, and I think, I think that maybe the Danish crown hasn't given a speech in their life since the end of World War II is now going to give one today. These are unusual and unprecedented wartime things. So we're against a war at this pandemic in the world. And so what a leader who is doing peacetime stuff now looks irrelevant. And I'm being quite direct in this podcast because <laughs> that's the time. I'm speaking more directly than I would normally if we were doing this podcast um, in sort of peacetime. So what that means is all of a sudden, the things that you're doing, you need to be clear You need to uh, convey the gravity of where we're at. You need to lead your people into realizing what changes need to happen. You need to give hope. But I just want to make a nuance to, um, and I've given this a couple of places, but one of the big things that I've been a proponent of is Edward Friedman's um, non-anxious leadership. Mm -hmm. And in a sense that 
you know, that we need to be non-anxious presences. And I think there's so much truth in Ed, Edward Freeman's, um, Edwin Freeman's um, stuff. But what I realized very quickly is that a lot of that was in response to the fact that we had this generalized anxiety that people were feeling individually in the community. Now we have this generalized anxiety that we're feeling not as individuals, but as everyone, Mm -hmm. Um, that every person, you go to the supermarket, I went last night with my daughter, there's shelves empty, people are anxious, but it's this unifying anxiety. We're not experiencing it individually. I got a blood test like three days ago and I've gotten blood tests at that place before and everyone normally just sits in silence, looks at their phone, reads a book, reads the newspaper. The whole room was talking. Like we were complete strangers having this unifying experience. So into that place, if you just practice a sort of non-anxious leadership, hey man, I'm cool, you know, look at me today, I'm just chilling at home, um, that actually that can look detached and even deluded. So what we need to do is a non-anxious leadership of like we're in control, I'm not panicking, I'm not got fear, but I've also realized the gravity of this. And that's unusual, particularly for a lot of young leaders who have never seen that kind of leadership. But you look how leaders like respond in wartime, um, that's really key. I mean, just to talk about our Prime Minister just quickly, you know, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison here in Australia was roundly criticized um, during our you know, significant bushfires because um, I think he was trying to do a kind of non-anxious presence thing, like I'm going on holiday to Hawaii, you know, it'll be okay, everyone but it seemed too detached. Um, I think he's doing better now in the sense that he's got more gravity and seriousness. So how you communicate, and communication is gonna be really, really important in this time. So you've gotta adapt your thinking. It's a changed world, start thinking differently. Yes, and as part of thinking differently, um, we need to protect Yes. Um, our environments and our people. So what does that yes. look like? What does it look like to protect your congregations, your church, your community in this time? Yeah. So the second thing is, um, yeah, protect. And I realized very quickly in an epidemic, you need to protect people. And so this goes against our nature. Again, too, peacetime thinking is that uh, we'll be cautious. Let's just give it two weeks, see how we're going here. You know, we made the decision to stop gathering um, when we actually could have, like, actually not gathered. Um, I mean, sort of continued gathering. Um, however, um, we, um, yeah, we had a decision to uh, uh, not uh, gather when um, we're just going to continue here. We've got post people coming, but we're just going to push on. It was actually a man to deal with some possums oh, in the we've roof. Oh, we've got We've literally, <laughs> there you go. We've literally got a guy who's dealing with possums in our roof, but we're just continuing on. Um, so we, we basically decided to go hard and go early. And I just would recommend to people, that's my mantra at the moment, go hard, go early. If you go too hard on your preventative measures of perhaps not meeting, perhaps not even letting people get together in groups, my question to you as a leader is what's the worst that happens? you have a few weeks off and then everything gets better and who cares? If you don't be aggressive early on, you could have something terrible happen in your community where people who are um, you know, uh, 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 vulnerable through this could get hurt. So your usual thing, and particularly in countries like you know, Australia, we have this very sort of um, 
cautious approach to things sometimes. We live in a very peaceful, well-run place. So we just let's just see what happens here. But I just want to really encourage Christian leaders, particularly when it comes to protecting your people, go hard, go early. We've got people coming in. We early on started disinfecting doorknobs, doing all of this stuff. We've sent everyone home from our offices now. Um, now that hasn't come into Australia yet. It's starting to, and it may by the end of this podcast, but just really encourage you to go early. Now I know for a lot of our um, British friends listening, um, they're in a different situation where their government's pursuing a different plan. Um, but I would say there's an element where even there could be moments to be prophetically ahead of what your government is doing around protection. Because as the church, we are called to be um, protectors of the weak and vulnerable. And it was interesting, like we put out a, 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 um, um, a video last Wednesday, which seems yeah, like yeah, a, a year ago. ago. Oh yeah. my goodness. And it was literally like, we thought we were going to be meeting that Sunday. And we're just like, hey, come to church, wash your hands. If you're not feeling well, don't come. If you've been overseas. Yeah. And we were having these debates like, is it only if they've been overseas for in an affected <laughs> area? you know? And then literally... I put it up and, and someone wrote a comment that I was sort of being overreactive and overfearful and I deleted yeah. it. And I deleted it not because like, hey, I don't want, you know, pushback. It's actually, I thought, man, I know that that person's going to look silly in a few days. I actually took it down for them because I, I knew where this was going, speaking mm. to the right people. And there's a sense where people might say, hey, you're overreacting, but I'd rather be accused of overreacting in a pandemic than underreacting. That's the leadership paradigm when it comes to protecting your people. And particularly, I think, for friends in the UK, which things may have changed by the time this gets out, um, prophetically going early could be actually a really key thing to do for your church. Good advice. Uh, okay, what about the next step is respond. Yeah. So yeah. we've had adapt, protect, and now respond. So we're in the sort of early parts of this and it's hitting in different places. And I know that we've got people following you know, our stuff all over the world. So this is going to look in different areas, um, different. But the church's responsive agent, I think, is really, really key. And I think what's happening at this moment is that our church, we realize, like, how do we respond? In Australia yet, we haven't had our, our hospitals overrun yet. But there are places where that is happening. So as a church, asking how do we respond, how do we um, care for the health workers amongst us. We at Red have a number of health workers who are about to go into the front line. How do you care for the health workers in your community? Mm. Number two, how do you care and respond for those who are now putting themselves in isolation, either because they've been ex possibly exposed, returned from overseas, or in a vulnerable health group, or will be infected? How do we actually, as the church now, mobilize and get stuff to them? So we worked very quickly, like what's our response? We've already had people who were in isolation that we've had rice and things taken to them. Yes, um, we threw the rice at them. Yes, you threw the rice in a, in a, in a careful... <laughs> yes, and it was still in the packet, not like in Good. grains. Did they catch it? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, that's the key. So carefully, it was a coordinated response. Good, good. Mm. That was a very coordinated response. Excellent. <laughs> but your church needs to work out how to respond to this. Now, I just want to say too, the other thing that we need to know about this is there's going to be the how do we respond to people who are protecting themselves from infection? But then the second thing is how do we respond to the huge economic effect that this is going to have? Mm. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But the smartest people I'm hearing are saying you're looking at, you know, at a recession, possibly a depression. I'm hoping some of the brilliant innovations that people are looking at, the stuff, the stimulus packages that people like Jacinta Ardern are doing or our country's doing. I mean, there's even rumors on, on the internet of, of America putting out a universal basic income. Maybe there's going to be some fantastic rebound. I'm hoping that. But the reality is that with so much of demand in the world going for certain things like travel, hospitality, that's just going to happen. 
that there's going to be a significant economic cost to this. How do you protect people in your church who actually, and sorry, respond to the um, economic needs that are going to be out there? So as a church, you need to go, it's very primal and very basic now. Um, you know, how do we adapt our thinking? How do we protect and how do we have a response strategy? Um, so you might take people off who are doing things like this person may be, um, you know, part of your welcoming, um, uh, you know, vol- leading volunteers. How do you repurpose them then to actually be into response now? Yeah. And so with responding, does that include things like pastoral care? Like what does pastoral care look like in terms of response at this time? Yes. Is so, that something we can talk about now? Or I reckon another? that's going to bleed into the next one. So yeah, let's, okay. let's, let's look at that. Yeah, okay. Next one. And so the last one, stage four, is to lead. Yes, yes. So I'm going to put two... Uh, uh, yeah, so let, let me paint this picture. Think about church in terms of three layers. The top layer is leadership. I'm going to call it leadership. So that's basically staff, the pastor, maybe some key volunteers. It depends what your church looks like. And how you tend to lead is you're the people who may give the sermons, you may give the video updates, you may send out the church bulletin, whatever it is you do. Lead all the small group uh, connection leaders. Um, so we tend to lead. We tend to lead through information, inspiration, equipping, um, and, and we send out that. So we lead a large group of people from that platform. We then tend to have these services and we have these larger meetings. It could be your services or it could be getting all your small group leaders together or perhaps gathering all the women in your church for a women's conference. I don't know, you know, getting your youth group together. And then at the bottom level, you almost have this cellular level. It could be cell groups, discipleship groups, connection groups, whatever that looks like for you. And if you can imagine that, that's this ecosystem that works in the church. That's normal peacetime. That's, that's how it works. And information sort of goes up and down. We're facing a situation where that entire middle rung is being ripped out. That fact that, hey, I'm going to see everyone on Sunday. I can preach them in this direction. I can catch that person after in the service. Um, that middle rung is being gutted at the moment. Now, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, in the days to come. But what that means is the distance between you as a leader and your people in groups is now significantly bigger. Yes. You can't communicate in the same way. You can't even, you know, you're not going to be able to have a coffee with those five people in the same way, possibly. Some people listening to this are in lockdown. Um, you've got pastors who are listening to this who are literally just now on an iPhone doing their sermons. Um, so you need to think about, you need to communicate more and you need to communicate in a new way and you need to empower. You have been forced, we all have been forced into a mandated commissioning. I preached about this on our first live stream mm. message. You now have to trust God and the Holy Spirit to raise up leaders and that may be some leaders are already in place. But what we're seeing is people who... Um, perhaps it weren't even an official leader at Red who all of a sudden are getting a bunch of people at their house and going and helping people in their area. This is a moment where the Holy Spirit's going to do is going to actually uh, reveal a bunch of leadership. So for us, yes. perhaps at the top, communicating and getting the message across that chasm, it's much more now less about control and much more now about inspiration and yes. equipping. And I think um, just a personal reflection on um, having done that first live stream um, and going into it being like, who's going to be watching? We don't know. And just feeling so moved with this one photo that was sent through of people kneeling in prayer 
during um, the ministry time in the service yeah. and you realise that, I mean, we say it so often that the church is in a building, but yeah. that moment, like this is, yeah, this is where the church comes alive. Yes. And it, this is what reminds us that church is not a building at all. Totally. And, and I think I used it in my first sermon. It's an Acts reboot. Yeah. Like, like God has allowed this and there is now a mandated Acts reboot. And the church started, I mean, you think about Paul, like a, Paul sort of, if you look at Paul's letters, he's sending out these letters. He's almost like, guys, please listen to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got this other false preacher over here. We're at that reality now. Um, you know, I remember like um, when I was at that gathering in, in um, Malaysia five weeks ago, um, there was one church that I, I didn't speak to this person, but someone shared this with me that mm. there was one country where they'd shut down everything. Mm. And the pastor had a large church and, he, and his comment was, I don't know if my people are still there. That was that's been resounding in my head for weeks since I heard that, mm. and I think a lot of people may be even feeling that. You you may feel that like you've got this system, you've got everything organized, and like, whew. and so you communicating messages. And I think what we'll do is we'll we'll maybe end this one soon, but we'll mm. talk then in another one about more. How do you do that? Um, because increasingly leadership has now changed. It's now about inspiration. Yesterday's sermons possibly may be trite. <laughs> Yesterday's Instagram posts of, you know, this pastor clowning around now look, I'm going to be honest, ridiculous and out of touch. And we're in a new moment. So how we lead and cross that chasm is really key. And to trust, you need to pray more. You need to trust more. You need to release power more. Ministry has fundamentally changed. And and, and, you know, that's what I think this podcast is going to be about. How do we help you navigate this new reality? Yeah, well, it's a great opening to the conversation, Mark. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Pleasure. Pleasure.